0: Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, everybody My name is Brandon Weatherby This episode is with author Billy McCall We talk about his book, For Your Depression How to Love Your Family, even though they voted for You Know Who I've known Billy for a long time I've known Billy longer than I've been doing this show And I've been doing this show for 12 years This is episode 602 uh, And if you would like to donate because yeah, because you get a lot of money Because of what's going on right now I'm sure you're just rich uh, We have a Patreon account Go to you, me, them, everybody.com Go to the about page Our Patreon is there Our iTunes subscriptions are there Our Spotify subscription Could you subscribe on Spotify? I don't know We're on Spotify So you, me, them, everybody.com. If you would like to buy Billy's book Go to you, me, them, everybody.com And it's in this episode description You can buy it from a lot of places But the link that we have provided Is the one where he makes the most amount of money And if we do this for one thing it's for the love of money. Without further ado, here's Billy McCall. This has now become like part of the intro of the show, where right? I have to warn everyone, uh, but this is all contingent on my kid's nap, and it's been different every day, and that's why we're recording almost an hour later than we were supposed to.
1: Yeah, no problem. No so problem. So thank you. Absolutely. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm indifferent to the world right now, which is not necessarily a good thing.
1: Um, It's not a bad thing either. It's indifferent. Yeah,
0: but that means like all the other actual pain and suffering, I'm just like, whatever, I got my own shit to deal with. You know what I mean?
1: Well, like you just said, you have a kid, so your first thing is your kid and then fit in the rest, you know?
0: Yeah, but that's not necessarily good. And maybe it's because I want to talk about your book that I'm just sort of indifferent to angry. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about four-year depression. And, yes. um it's, I mean, the... The subheads, the subtitle explains it all. How to love your family even though you, they voted for you-know-who. I've decided to become a single-issue voter, right? And <laughs> and I and I never was a single-issue voter. I, I had a lot of issues I cared about. But now, uh, this has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Now, my issue is, do you put children in cages? And if the answer is no, I like your party more than the party that puts kids in cages.
1: I mean, that's fair. That's fair.
0: (laughs) This is about sort of your relationship with your mother.
1: Totally. Totally. I I am totally anti-Trump and the 2016 election depressed me. Like I've spent my whole life being depressed and and it depressed me to a level that I'd never felt before. Uh, But then when I found out that some of my family, including my mother, uh, supported Trump and voted for Trump, it it really broke my spirit. Uh, but that being said, I love my mom and she's the most amazing woman ever. So it's very confusing.
0: Your mom does the opposite of put kids in cages. She looks after kids that aren't necessarily direct lineage to her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My mom's a teacher. She's been teaching for like 30 years and my mom's the type that like comes in early to help the kids with their homework. My mom's the type that sees the kid that doesn't, you know, have money for lunch and she'll buy them lunch. Like she's just done that for 30 years and is, you know, broke and happy and and happy to do it. You know, my mom's great.
0: You still love your mom. That's nice.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We we had a wonderful phone call on Mother's Day a couple days ago, and, and we get along, and um, I was really worried that the release of my book would, you know, damage our relationship. But if anything, it's brought us closer, as we've talked about a lot of things that we weren't talking about before.
0: Um, the, the, I'm assuming... I can't speak for your mom does not want to put kids in cages. Correct.
1: (laughs) And my mom is, my mom is very quick to, uh, point out a lot of faults of Trump and coming up to this next election. I'm not sure that she's going to vote for him again. Um, but it was really difficult for me to get it out of her, for her to admit that she voted for him. She, she has her reasons and the book is me trying to figure out and understand her reasons. Because in theory, my mom is against everything that Trump does and under, you know, everything that he represents, um, cause my mom is, is very open-minded and cool and she's great, you know? So it's weird.
0: I didn't necessarily understand the 30 plus year anti Clinton, uh, radio campaign that turned into a radio and TV campaign, um, that a lot of people believe, uh, that is, uh, very, very popular in certain States. I'm in the District of Columbia. My vote does not matter. You're in New Mexico. Your vote does not matter. You're going blue no matter what. Uh, We don't really count. And Iowa, where your mom is, like super matters.
1: Yeah. Uh, My mom used to live in Iowa. She lives in Missouri now. But, yeah, a lot of my family, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles live in Iowa. My grandma lives in Iowa. So all my family is Midwest, either mostly either Iowa or Missouri and yeah like I did not I thought Missouri might go red I mm-hmm. definitely didn't think I would go red in my mind Iowa was a very progressive state like when I lived there as a teenager 20 years ago um you know Iowa had a really great recycling program they're one of the first states to legalize gay marriage you know they're they're open-minded in a lot of ways, but they're also conservative in a lot of ways. So when Iowa voted for Trump, it was really, it caught me off guard to say the least. When that caught you
0: off guard, you did something that to me is very out of character for you, but something that I do all of the time because like the abundance of capitalism in a weird way makes me feel safe and secure. On election night 2016, after the results came in, you went to Walmart.
1: <laughs> i it, I just had to go somewhere and do something and it was like the only place open and I just walked around shopping like a zombie and just like looking at everything like it just doesn't even matter. I was just wandering around aimlessly.
0: <laughs> Walmart and stores like Walmart Target grocery stores make me feel so good. I don't need to buy anything. I just like knowing things are readily available in case things are horrible so that's why the coronavirus and the shutdown has been a little jarring for me because i would somebody that used to go to the grocery store maybe five to six times a week to buy like a piece of fruit you know what i mean
1: yeah it's i wasn't going to like stock up yeah well you and and part of that is city living i think because you know you've lived in a few cities and i've lived in a few cities and i remember um Uh, my partner's sister came to visit us and she was just like, Oh my God, you have like nothing in your fridge. And we were like, yeah, we live like two blocks from a grocery store. Like every day we just walk to the grocery store and get some food and come home and make it, you know? And when you live in a rural area, like when I was growing up in Southern Iowa, like we went to the store once a week and we got a week's worth of groceries, you know? And that's, and that's kind of how everyone is doing now with the quarantine because you're not supposed to go to the grocery store every day, you know?
0: So that's been jarring to me. You, in addition to living in a city, you work in a very, very social place that I'm assuming is closed.
1: Yeah, I, I work in a casino, and the casino has been closed since March fifteenth. And when they first closed it, they said they would open up in a month, and then two weeks later, they're like, "Well, we're hoping for mid June." And like that was like shocking to hear. But now that it's you know mid May, like yeah, like I hope we're open in mid June. We might be. We might not.
0: Do, would you feel safe going back in mid-June? It is currently Tuesday, uh, May 12th for the listener at home.
1: Yeah, I I don't know because um, I'm happy that they closed because if they were open, I would feel pressured to go. So whenever they do open, I'm going to feel like, well, I have to go for my job security and I also have to go to make money. Yeah. So when it's closed, you don't have the options. It's nice that things are closed. Um, I... I don't. I don't think any of us understand. Like, you know, is it safe? Is it not safe? Like, none of us know. We all. We all make our best guesses, but no one really knows for sure. Um, at some point, you have to open things up. So you just have to hopefully try to talk about it calmly and do it in a way that's as safe as possible. But nothing's going to be a hundred percent safe. You're but if in- my if
0: you're in a warmer climate than I am. You're in uh, New Mexico. I'm in Washington, DC. You used to be in Maryland and it, yeah. the climate might have something to do with this warmer weather in theory, like the flu might make this kind of go away for, temporarily. Um, do you feel safer because you're in New Mexico?
1: Um, yes, but not because of the weather. Like, like again, no one knows like does the hotter weather make it go away? Like, like Trump says that, but who knows? Because like in the 1918 flu pandemic, the the Spanish flu, it actually picked up in August and like July, August, September, no, you know, October, they had like a huge second wave that was way worse than the first wave. So like, like there's no evidence to prove one way or the other. I feel safer in New Mexico just because New Mexico is a very spread out, dent, you know, it's not very densely populated. It's very easy to like, you know, be on your own and stay away from people as opposed to if you're in New York or L.A. or something like that. So New Mexico is a good place to quarantine, but I, I don't know that the weather has anything to do with it.
0: Do you feel like depression is in vogue right now?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe like I've, I honestly I've, I've been depressed my whole life. And um, I I think any thinking person like you have to have some level of depression just because, you know, stuff is so horrible. The world is horrible, but there's beauty in it too. And you have to find the beauty. Um, I think there's, I think the 2016 election brought about a lot of depression. Um, I'm sure a lot of people also were happy about it, but I think in general, a lot of people were depressed and right now definitely people are more depressed than normal. I don't know if it's in vogue, but (laughs) there's definitely a lot of depressed people out there right now. Uh,
0: you said you gotta find the beauty. What is something that you found the beauty in in the last two months?
1: Being in New Mexico, it's really nice. It's like very easy to get to nature. Mm -hmm. So my partner and I have been going on lots of hikes, and like nature is always beautiful. We've been going out in the desert, going up in the mountains. We went up in the Sandia Mountains a couple days ago, and just went on like a you know a hike through the through the woods. Um, It's also really nice right now with the quarantine. A lot of people are either being sort of forced to be creative, like finding creative ways to use their time or just like returning to their natural creativity. You know, a lot of people that are artists are doing art, but even people that aren't necessarily artists, they're like, yeah, I was really bored. So I did a painting. I haven't done a painting in 10 years. So like, that's kind of nice. Like the quarantine is bringing out some good things. You know, I, I think we're, we, we in America, especially, we took for granted how convenient and easy it was to just go to the restaurant and get food or whatever. And I think we respect those simple things a lot more now. So that's a good thing, but it, you know, it's hard. We're all getting antsy. We all want to get out there and live our lives again.
0: This is a, a weird, I feel like I'm in a weird bubble because having a, having a small person with me at all times, like I went from paternity leave to this. So I haven't been in like the general pop in a while. And I feel like <laughs> I already, like, you guys are catching up to where I was. Like this happened to me yeah, two and a half months later, two and a half months into my paternity leave, all of a sudden this happened, so it's like, I've already done all the self-exploration and the shit, and (laughs) I'm on a very regimented nap schedule, like these are my windows (laughs) to do creative shit and I'm swearing way too often now, I've realized, it's not a good feeling Uh, and it has nothing to do with the quarantine, it's just everything to do with I gotta be be here for the boy, it doesn't matter I mean, the the major difference is like I feel bad because he doesn't see anyone at story time you know it's really right. not changing any of my um spending habits or like restaurants like we didn't even have a chance to have we had a babysitter one night the entire time he's been alive
1: yeah <laughs> like
0: so this is not a different i mean it's completely different but it's not different at all
1: right what well, a nothing I, I,
0: statement i'm so sorry
1: no 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 that's it's that's really interesting i had a um, another friend out here in new mexico that just had a baby i think it was think she was born in either late february or early march like right before Mm -hmm. so he was like trying to figure out like oh am i going to be able to take time off from work or how much time should i take off and now he's got like who knows indefinite amount of time off so in a weird way it's like it's a great time to have a baby because you can just stay home and take care of it and there's no expectations (laughs) otherwise um but it is also weird you know because like at some point you probably want to take your baby into the doctor at some point you want to take your baby to the playground. And so it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. (laughs) Yeah. He he was at the age where he was
0: like, just had enough neck control where I could like put him in a swing. So he was like loving that for like maybe two weeks before this hit. And now all the like (laughs) parks are like cordoned off and closed and (laughs) it's, but it's like, he has no memories. So it's fine. It's not that, like, of any time for this to happen, it's good. Uh, you, you might, like, this is an anecdote. Uh, early March, we had to take him in for something. He's completely fine. Um, and this was right before they knew, like, could people even come in the office? They weren't letting, like, kids come in the office. They would come out and do, like, visits in the car. And we were supposed to, like, hold the baby up to the window so they could examine him through the car window.
1: Weird. Yeah. And then, like, Weird. two weeks
0: later, it's like, oh, no, now it's fine. You can come into the office because, like, no one knew, <laughs> like, how this was happening
1: yeah 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 it like you think about all the you know the dystopian future, you know, the stories, the books, the movies, like at some point, the dystopian future becomes a dystopian present, you know, and like having a, a doctor examine your baby through a window like that's fucking weird. yeah, I got a photo
0: I'll send it to you, so which brings us back to the book. Is this something that in in, in your wildest imaginations, when you were writing this thing, did you think we'd be here?
1: no no but i i i didn't foresee any sort of um disaster occurring when i was writing the book i didn't i didn't you know think that oh maybe we'll have a nuclear war maybe we'll have a pandemic maybe we'll have whatever but i definitely thought in my mind if we do have those things this administration will handle it as poorly as possible and that's definitely happened like the pandemic is not trump's fault but he's done everything wrong since the beginning <laughs> so you write about this in the I,
0: book that you thought maybe for a second about moving but it's like what what are we going to do why are we doing this like we shouldn't move now now that we're in the midst of the pandemic do you wish you moved out of the country
1: i mean honestly yeah because the the number one choice that we like we were talking to travel agents we were talking to visa people the number one place we were considering was new zealand And it was sort of not clear of whether we would be able to stay in New Zealand for like a year or two, or if we'd be able to stay there long term. And it was it would have been financially a big risk if we'd had, you know, if we'd had two or three years worth of savings, we probably would have done it. But we're like, well, it's a big risk. So for a number of reasons, we decided to stay. But now like when I when I hear all the stories about how New Zealand has handled it, like I feel like they're doing everything right and yeah. we're doing everything wrong. And New Zealand has a, a way lower population and it's it's much easier to control things in a country that small. But still it's it's more than the population, it's more than how much territory your country takes up. It's the attitude of the administration and the attitude of the administration in New Zealand is totally progressive and smart and open to admitting if they make mistakes and et cetera, et cetera. And the administration here in the United States, like we think we're the number one, no matter what, like if you make a mistake, well, no, we didn't make mistakes. We don't make mistakes. We're number one. And it's just, it just makes everything worse, you know? And so it's not, you know, the pandemic happened. It's no one's fault. It happened, but you can. There's different ways to handle it, you know. And and this administration has missed every single shot, you know.
0: I clearly, a hundred percent pro New Zealand page. I just can't do it for like having a child and a wife and the travel and all that stuff. But I'm every day. I'm like, how do we get to Toronto? Because Toronto. Seems idyllic yeah. to me. I'm a hundred percent fine with the cold and they still have major league baseball. I get my major sports. <laughs> it's not that, I mean, I don't even go to NFL games now when I live in the States, I, just, I still go to hockey games. I still go to basketball games. I still go to baseball games. I could do all that in Toronto. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I've never been to Toronto. I've been to Canada a couple of times. I've been to Vancouver. I've been to Canada. I've been to Mexico In many ways, both countries are better than the United States. Um, Mexico is fairly easy to move to but sort of tough to to you know get along in i'd pump
0: um, the brakes on the mexico handling of the coronavirus because mexico well, city is my favorite city to travel to ever i'm still not sure. moving there because of what they're doing with the coronavirus
1: oh they yeah they they've handled it just as poorly as us um canada is very difficult and expensive to move to we we definitely I have a friend who's actually immigrating to to Vancouver probably within the next year, and she's been working on it for you know three or four or five years. Like it, it's not easy to move to Canada.
0: I didn't say it'd so. be easy, but it might be worth it. But it'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> it on november 9th great. uh 2016 in the early hours of the morning you were still walking around a walmart while i was recording a post-election show a podcast for wgn uh proclaiming that trump will be a three-term president so either way i'm more i got the time i could do yeah. this
1: yeah yeah um yeah if you move to toronto maybe i can come stay with you absolutely officially for a long time <laughs> Uh, Toronto's great. I've, I've heard nothing but good things about Toronto.
0: They got Drake. Everyone seems to like and or hate Drake. He's very popular. That's something. They got basketball. <laughs> I got the fucking Raptors, the inevitable they have, they have champion a good, forever.
1: That's true. They have, they have a very, here's what I know about Toronto. They have a good zine scene. Lots of zines, independent yep. writers. They have a good graffiti scene and street art scene. Yeah. So that enough, that right there is reason for me to go.
0: And they have Poutine.
1: I guess so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know that you're not a huge fan of poutine, but I am.
1: I know very little about poutine. That would not be the reason I would go to Toronto. Um,
0: you're still a vegetarian. Is that correct?
1: Vegan? Yes. You're
0: vegan. I apologize. That's probably why you don't like poutine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you, what's your favorite Thai restaurant in New Mexico?
1: Um, there's an amazing place called Thai vegan and it's, whether you're vegan or not, it's the best Thai food. Albuquerque is really strange in that there are, I can name five or six amazing Thai restaurants. And we don't really have a huge Thai population, but the Thai food here is just outstanding. But Thai vegan on Osuna is amazing. And and that's one of the few places during, you know, during the quarantine and during me not having a job, every night, like once a week, we'll splurge and get Thai vegan.